All right, Sean, we got our stopwatch rolling. Uh, today, let's talk about drills, uh, practice, right? Give me your best Allen Iverson impersonation. We talking about practice? We talking practice? about practice. <laughs> we talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> that, <So laughs> that never gets old. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one and the Jim Mora with playoffs. Those are the two yeah. classics of all time. <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> all right so yeah let's talk about practice because we want to talk about drills and typically the rules of golf frown on doing drills in a in the course of play so we want to do drills in practice and uh, let's just first talk about like what's your philosophy on drills do they help there's some drills you'd like don't like like what what's your kind of general philosophy on drills you know i use them as needed. Like, I don't think every person gets a drill in a lesson. Like I've given thousands and thousands and thousands of lessons. Um, I like them, especially if they drive home a certain feel that they're not able to get. Otherwise you, you're just trying to create a feel, uh, where the light bulb moment goes on for the player. And, you know, and I don't tend to like the ones that force someone into a position that they, I want them to have to do the work. And I think that's what the motor learning research says that the golfer needs to do the work to make to, for the learning to happen. Like things that kind of brace you off and, or training aids that brace you a certain right. way where you can't move, not crazy about, but I use drills all the time. Um, but again, depends on the player and what they're working on, but there are a few that I use a lot because they're just fundamental to athletic movement. Yeah. I think, um, you know, dr- drills can be anything too. Like, I mean, literally just doing it anything. right is a drill going slow sitting, and doing it right. We say it all the time, your, right? Yeah. It could be sitting at your desk, just gripping your pencil different to work on your golf grip. That's a drill. You know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, this grandiose set of events to, to make happen. I, I think drills are extremely valuable. If, you know, we both played other sports. Um, I mean, I remember for three hours practices in basketball, the first two hours were drills. Layup like drills. You, well. Cones, dribbling through cones. Huh? <laughs> it was a little more advanced than layup drills yeah, eventually. You know but, but yeah, you're, you're, you're honing whatever skill you're at. You're doing drills to improve your skill, right? Certainly starting out, it was layup drills. And then it was, you know, passing drills, a lot of dribbling drills, a lot of offensive drills, defensive drills, which I always managed to be sick at. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, drills are essential, I think, to learning. Now, how you do the drills, when you do the drills is is the name of the game. And you know, there are a lot of ways. Uh, in general, I think golfers do things way too fast. Like yeah. way too fast. I think one good drill is doing things correctly in slow motion. Like do the form correctly. I, I think mean, that's that, a great I drill. Think we, I, I wish I can remember who I heard this from, but the best drill is to do it right. I mean, it's, I say it all the time in lessons now. I forget who we got that from. Nah, that if, was a good if it, one. If it was you, please, please let us know because we'll give you credit. But it's a, yeah. it's a brilliant concept. We were watching like the guy give a live lesson, I think, on YouTube or something. Yeah, it was the guy's something. Like, I need a drill. And he's like, what? the best drill is just to do it right, man. Do it and right. Do it slow until you can do it right and then speed it up. And it's like, every other thing you do in life, that's what you do. But for some reason, get a golf club in your hands. And if I, like, I'll give the student one thing to do. It's like, okay, I need you to feel the, the right arm wider at the top, whatever it is. And they just hit the ball at full speed. Say, was that it? 
I was like, no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> you you, you got to go slow. You, it's not just going to happen on the first swing just because you think about it. I mean, well, it doesn't work like that. Golf's one of those things. Like the golf swing's a second or just under a second. If you have no idea what you're doing, it's easier to go faster and make and get that one second over with and make some sort of a contact than it is to painstakingly make that one second turn into five seconds and expose all of those poor movements because then they kind of fall apart. Then actually making contact becomes really difficult if you slow down a chain of bad events. Yeah, you got that full speed where they can kind of make all the compensations. They've timed it up over yeah. 10 years of beating thousands of balls the wrong way. And you slow them down, they might miss the ball. Like they 100%. Just I've seen it all the time. That's yeah. why I, one of my litmus tests in a lesson is to make someone make a full swing and hit the ball 30 yards. It's like impossible for them to do. And once they figure out where the swing needs to be and how the timing is there and they sync up the pressure in the feet and the pivot and the arms, then they can do it no problem. But at first, they literally cannot make a full swing and hit it 30 yards. If I gave them $10,000, I couldn't do it. I used to They're going to hit it 100 yards. Back in my old studio, I had a, kind of a standing desk that was in front of the uh, – had a little, you know, a wireless keyboard that was on the standing desk and it was in front of the, the big monitor there. So I would place at, you know, once you can see what the golf, what the lesson needed to be and where the lesson was going, I would put a $100 bill. used to keep one on my wallet just for this. $100 bill on the table there and say, if you can take off eight miles an hour of club head speed, I want you to, I want you to go half your speed. But if you can just take off eight miles an hour of your normal club head speed, you can have that $100. Impossible. The very next ball was usually two miles an hour faster. Whoa. <laughs> they just have no concept of how to do that. Yeah, it. so it's, it's such a it's, good skill to have, too. Yeah. You're exactly right. So when you're doing drills, when you're doing golf drills, especially because no one's ever felt the impact. Think about that. Too fast. It, it happens too fast. You feel it way after it's gone. So no one's ever felt impact live. And you're not going to feel these subtle changes in this less than a second move if you're going full speed or normal speed. You've got to really slow down and and make these changes. So with that as the overall overarching theme for doing drills and improving your golf swing, that's why a lot of golfers don't think drills help because they've never done them correctly to benefit from. But if you're... Absolutely. If you're going to invest in the time to do drills, let's talk about some of our favorite drills. What do you like? What What's helping your students right now? Yeah, I gave dr- a lesson drill today. Land. So I had a lesson today. I came from out of town. He was a teaching professional at a golf club in Oklahoma. And we're tending to get a lot more of these guys just because they're seeing us on YouTube and all of our stuff we're putting out there. So we're getting a lot of teachers coming in to have me help them with their swings. And... And it's a common lesson. He said he, was, he learned golf by using positions, you know, and kind of mer- a lot of mirror work, like watching mm-hmm. himself and pausing. And he learned the top of the backswing just like I did, where I thought um, the majority of my weight should be on my right foot. So we had this discussion, and he, he got in there and hit a ball, and he had the classic backswing, everything to the right, downswing, everything to the left. He had a backswing and a downswing, but he had no middle. He didn't have the the recentering and start kind of uh, pressure getting left early. He had none of that in the swing and he literally could not get it, like could not feel how to do it until I gave him a drill. So 
first thing I gave him was the shuffle drill, which is probably one of our favorites. And then I, I molded it into something else, but the shuffle drill was the one that made the light bulb go off. So I like that one because it mimics other sports. And he was a good baseball player growing up and turned out to be a really good golfer, but he played college golf and everything. But he always felt like he was underpowered. And I said, well, what would you do in baseball if you hit a ball? And he said, well, I would take the bat back and I would step as the bat was going back and I would swing. So I had him stand on the swing catalyst, had him put his feet slightly closer together. And as the club went back, I had him step, but I had him fall on the left foot as he stepped. He was, he was what I call tapping the toe in the water. I got that from Mike at first. So I had him fall on the left foot and then swing. And he did that three or four times and literally like a light bulb went off in his head. He's like, I got it. It feels like I have a lot more time to make the downswing. And for me, that's one of my favorite drills just because it, it gets people out of that non-athletic movement that they're making with their swing. And it instantly gives them a boost. He got five miles an hour and literally in five minutes. It's such a good drill. And we've, you know, a step drill and we'll just call them a step drill. Um, has been around forever. I've taught probably every version that I've ever seen or have heard of being taught. And we've tested them all with the force plates and we've adjusted how we do it. We call it a shuffle drill. We've adjusted it because it produces the best ground reaction forces in the golfers that we've seen, you know, anywhere from PGA tour players do it. Uh, you can see Ricky Fowler was doing it earlier this year on the range and I forget what tournament it was. And he's working with John Tilly, a really good instructor here in Georgia uh, because it has such good benefits and it's not explain to him what you mean when you said dipping your toe in the water, because it's yeah. not a like balance yourself on your back foot, then forward type big step. Yeah. And I'm going to try to explain this, but we've got lots of good videos on our YouTube channel. I would go over there and check out so you can see it. But, Basically, what I mean is, let's say you start with your feet uh, shoulder width or just inside shoulder width, and you start swinging the club back to the top, and you're about three quarters into the backswing. The correct way to do it is to make a little, like, three or four inch shuffle to the left with your left foot for a right-handed golfer. And as you do that, you're going to land on that foot like you were going to like you were going to fall into the swimming pool. Let's say if you're on the edge of the pool, what I wouldn't want you to do is be able to pick up that foot and tap it in the water. It's more of a falling into the front foot than it is just a step and plant the foot and keeping like back on your back foot more, if that makes sense. You're falling into that left foot instead of just tapping it. And uh, it may be hard to visualize in a podcast, but I think you can start getting the idea. If you think about falling into the front foot instead of pushing off the back foot, that, that makes the total difference in my mind. Yeah, so if you're standing on two feet, and if we say, okay, pick one of your feet up, most every person is going to shift their mass over their mm-hmm. other foot, pick that foot up so they can balance themselves. Mm-hmm. We want you to move that foot without shifting your mass. So you're forced to fall on back mm-hmm. onto that foot. That's mm-hmm. the benefit. That's what the golf swing is. That's what really we've tested every kind of sport you can think of from karate to football, basketball everything, baseball, pitchers, that's how everybody moves. That's how you move when you walk. You take you take a step forward, right? You're falling onto your foot when you walk. Exactly. You're not really pushing to take a step forward. You're falling, picking up, falling. So it's a waiting, unwaiting the feet. And I think that's a great way to get a sense for that timing because the golf swing's tough sometimes 
it would be easier if the ball was moving. If someone was rolling you the ball, none of this would be an issue for anybody. Yeah, that's a pretty cool drill too with foam balls. If you mm-hmm. have a foam ball, just have someone roll them to you. And what would you do kind of to step and hit? And you make some really nice looking golf swing moves. <laughs> it's like doesn't even look like the same person hitting the ball it, sometimes. It's, it's like so much more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, it makes some like tour looking moves. And back to this guy today, I mean, he was struggling with a lack of rotation too on the backswing and kind of lifting his arms. I mean, this this fixed three or four things in his swing just from better concepts about how to add motion to his swing. And, and that's why we decided to start this whole company in the first place. We felt like that golf would become almost like positional and not using dynamics and, and athletic movement to make the swing. People were trying to reverse engineer where the club goes just by placing it instead of moving in a certain way that created those positions. And that to me, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's why we, and when we did the swing system this year, why we call them checkpoints rather than positions positions it's it's, it's a reason for that yeah you know you make the swing and you go back and check it you don't just place the club in a position so one of my favorite drills recently and it's actually it's funny i think i think golf.com did an article on it recently it's the uh the swimmy Mm -hmm. and we've been doing that one for a while and actually you can go on amazon and find uh adult swimmies and that's you see you saw a lot of those in the article i need those i can't swim very good that scott was using yeah (laughs) you only grew up on an island you shouldn't be able to swim i don't know what the problem is (laughs) (laughs) but you get these adult swimmies and you just roll them up your right arm if you're a right-handed golfer and put it just above or below the elbow if you're like on the forearm or bicep doesn't matter and what it's essentially going to do is if you overbend that right arm in the backswing and you lose that width in your swing, you're going to feel like you're squeezing that floaty, swimmy, mm-hmm. floaty, whatever you want to call them. And so I have golfers put that on and I want them to feel like they never touch it with their forearm. And it's a completely different feeling for these guys when they do that. It's such a good drill. I mean, it's a classic. Ledbetter used to use it with Nick Price years ago. Yeah. Um and then he created a swing training aid out of it called the right angle. And that thing is one of the better training aids too. It's really it good. Just got helps one of those in my car. So yeah. yeah. It's so good at that right arm angle. And we're running out of time. We might revisit this topic another time. Cause this, I love this drill, but that right arm angle, keeping it from bending over 90 is a great way to not only increase your back swing turn, you get more width. The club shallow is easier coming out of the top. You get like five benefits out of this one thing. But for golfers, a lot of times, you know, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about in an earlier podcast. If you can just give them something to feel and change what they do in space, right? Not not something that forces them. So you hit the nail on the head with training aids. We don't want a training aid that forces you to shallow the club, that forces you to bend your right arm a certain way because you're not really learning. You almost want something that's forcing you to do the bad move so mm-hmm. you have to produce the good move. This swimmy is a great example. If it forces you to make a golf swing and keep that forearm off of your bicep, right? Yeah. Keep those things separated. A straighter um, right arm. Yeah, straighter right arm. If you can do that and you have that instant feedback, okay, boom, I squoze it, I feel that. Or I didn't, now that felt totally different. If you can do that and give yourselves that positive reinforcement that, okay, that swing was pass or fail um, relative to what I'm working on, you really start to build momentum and you really start to see changes happen very quickly in the golf swing. And it's a great way to take advantage of drills and really improve 
uh, the overall golf swing and the shape of your swing. It's, it's not that difficult to do if you do it slowly and do it with some reliable feedback like these little drills. So that pretty much covers this with drills today. That one went pretty fast. Uh, anything yeah. else we need to talk about before we head out? I think that's it. If, if uh, these are helping you and helping you with your game, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps more golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many people as we can play better golf, and you can help us do that. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.